So every season of No One Told Me, I love to bring someone in to talk about the topic of hormones and how these hormones work. So I reached out to my friend, Heather Rhodes, and I actually met her when there were still conferences and that was a thing we would go to. And so we got to talk a little bit about what you were doing and you hadn't even, you were just starting to launch what yeah. you're doing now, going out on your own to partner with women and really discovering what their hormones mean. Let's start with just what you started from the time that I met you, because it's kind of blown up over the past couple years. Yeah, yeah. So I think when we met, I was still working my normal job. It was just like, hey, I kind of want to do some stuff on the side. So what I do now, I'm a holistic pharmacist. So I basically teach women how to simplify their hormones and intentionally provide support for hormones so that they can reach health goals. One of the biggest struggles I find is that there's a lot of noise, just like we were talking about Google in general, that are telling women how to reach these goals, but they're never really getting to this root cause, this root source. And that's really what my specialty is. And after kind of diving into this, I originally worked in work with patients in primary care offices for things like diabetes and high blood pressure, long-term care. Once I started realizing like, oh, people want to get better and people don't really want to be on medicine their whole lives. And no one's teaching them about what in their body is controlling everything, Mm. which it's hormones, especially as women. Oh my goodness. I could go on and on. So essentially I started creating my platform and my goal is really that I want any woman out there that doesn't want to stay stuck to know you have options. You can work alongside your body and your doctor. You don't have to be on medication your whole life if that's not what you want. There's always those exceptions and cases. But a lot of times I think women just feel so stuck and we are going to our providers and like, hey, can you help us? This is what's happening. And we're told it's normal. We're dismissed. We're given a pill that's told it will fix everything. And it's really just ignoring this entire system women have built into them that their body basically is activating every single day. Our body cycles every single day. And I'm just like, well, no, (laughs) no more woman (laughs) is getting to go the rest of her life feeling stuck and a victim and just struggling for information that they should have been taught the second someone handed them a tampon. I was actually just talking to a friend the other day and she just said, you know, I had no idea that there were options. I would walk mm-hmm. into a doctor's office and they would tell me one thing and only one thing to do. And I would do that one thing. And then yeah. when it impacted my body negatively, it took me a while to figure out, well, it's because that it might be right for someone else, like a different patient, but it was not right for me. We just talked about how it's so important to know all the different options. And I love that yeah. you say you're here to, you know, replace Dr. Google, which I love that phrase because we say it around here. It, it birthed during mine and Ryan's honeymoon where we knew nothing about anything. And we were like, we'll just ask Dr. Google what we're supposed to be doing here. But the same <laughs> is true for like our hormones and for our reactions. And it's all stuff. I wish I had known it so much sooner because I went on birth control and it, it just wreaked havoc in me personally. And a lot of people, they're fine, but it did a lot of work, but it sounds so much more like this is personal for you and not so much professional that you see the value of it. Did you have a personal experience or someone that kind of just sparked this in your heart? Like you were just seeing it as a pattern and you're like, I can be the one to do something about it. Is that kind of how it launched? So I basically kind of took along a, a, 
a long road. I started in pharmacy school. And then when I went into residency, I was always that provider that the doctors were like, Hey, can you help adjust the patient's insulin levels? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I look at their levels and I'm like, Oh, we just need to move these here and these here. But then the patient comes in and I'm like, so what are you eating? So what are you doing? Mm. So what's really, and the doctors are like, Hey, like, that's cool, but we have a nutritionist for this. And I'm like, yeah, but this patient just told me the nutritionist told them a bunch of crap and it's not working. So <laughs> let's actually help them differently. Not that nutritionists do that, but that had been my experience. And so I kind of was a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> and every time I worked in the pharmacy world, I just kept finding myself going back to people really. So we learned in pharmacy school about exactly how our body works, how every system works. And you have to know that because drugs affect every single system. Mm. I remember this light bulb moment of like, huh, did God really design bodies to work great and then hit 25 and have to be dependent on a chemical substance for the rest of forever mm. or multiple? And I was like, that can't be. And so then when I really started thinking like, well, this food could do that or this strategy could do that. I was like, huh, Maybe patients don't need more insulin. They need more support. And then what really just tipped us off was we had a fertility journey, my husband and I, and I had done everything. I thought I was the healthiest person ever. Mm. But what I know now is that I was super deep in disordered eating, body dysmorphia. I had all the things going on. But if you would ask me, because again, what we're kind of taught traditionally in school is, oh, don't eat fast food, just avoid these things. And so I was doing all of that, but my calories were under 500. Mm. It was nuts. And it was like exercise good. And I exercised more than anyone I knew. So I was like, I should be literally the healthiest person yeah, ever. Check the bed yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so when we were trying to get pregnant, I knew something was off because I had gone through times where my period would just go away. It would just disappear yeah. for six months. And then I'd go to the doctor. They'd do all my blood work. They'd be like, oh, yeah, everything's normal. You're fine. Not one time in the four doctors I saw did anyone say, hey, are you exercising a lot? Are you under eating? Could mm. you have activated a stress survival mechanism in your body? Never once even crossed my mind or their minds, apparently. So they were like, here, take these medicines and then you can go on birth control and you'll get your period. Well, for me at that point, I was like, I don't want a period. I'm not doing that. <laughs> this is nice. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is cool. So then when we finally wanted to get pregnant, I was like, huh, I should probably figure all of this out. And I just kept being met with so much frustration. It was 10 minute appointments. Nobody was listening to me. Nobody was answering me. Everybody was telling me to lose weight. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. all I do is try to lose weight. So yeah, it was just super frustrating. And then I just decided, okay, I'm going to have to do this myself. So I dove into the research. I had at the time been writing clinical trials for drug companies. And so I knew how to go through the research. I knew how to look for stuff. So then I just really kind of poured into this whole other realm of functional medicine and holistic medicine, natural medicine. And the deeper I went, the more I realized, oh, wow, this is it. This mm. is working with your body. This makes so much sense. This aligns with everything I learned in pharmacy school, except drugs. <laughs> yeah. So. Even when you say working with your body, I mean, that's even such a different yeah. concept. If you pay attention to what's actually happening already and you can make adjustments that work with your body. I think even that, that's such a simple concept, Heather, but it seems oh like gosh. even for me, it's so eye opening because I have a very similar yeah. story to yours and what I was doing. But I know that you've probably, this isn't the only simple truth you've come across in all the research that you have done over the years. What are some other things that just come up that honestly should not be that surprising? 
surprising to us, but are kind of the foundation of this mindset. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of times we think our hormones are literally just our period, but that's not the case. Your body is going through this monthly cycle and every single day it's in that cycle and something new is happening in that cycle. Mm. And so we kind of think like, oh, I don't really feel good today. It must be this. And we think it's something we did earlier that day or yesterday. And we kind of forget like, huh, these same things are happening over and over again. Should I see if they're happening in any type of pattern? Because your body's always cycling. And so one of the very first things I tell women a lot of times is like, hey, if you haven't thought about your hormones lately, but you're having some, you know, just symptoms and you're not really feeling great, maybe you've got migraines, maybe you have acid reflux, we kind of start thinking about your period and what's happening, not just when it comes. So how long is it lasting? happening with ovulation. I don't feel like anybody tracks ovulation unless they're trying to get pregnant. It is. I saw an ovulation stick. And I mean that I have, you know, I have a three year old and a five year old. So I'm kind of past that. But even that Uh, I was like, do you need that for any other reason but for pregnancy? I mean, is it just good information to have? So you can go through a season where you really need to be paying attention to this stuff. And that's your healing season. So if you've got all these symptoms, and we're like, hey, let's get to the bottom of this, let's be a researcher. We're going to start researching what's going on. And so you've got to know when you're ovulating to figure that out because that tells us if you're truly having a period, if you're having a withdrawal bleed, if there's something else going on. Every woman should be ovulating. And you can still have what in our minds is a period, but it actually just be kind of a withdrawal from something. So, and that would be a hormone. So like if you were taking birth control, then when you have your bleeding, it's not actually a period. It's just your body saying like, oh, we should start shedding the uterine lining because we don't have that hormone we were getting every single day anymore. Yeah. And so sometimes if your hormones are imbalanced, you can go through that whether or not you're on an actual pill. So that's kind of like one, you know, piece of it. And I don't necessarily say you have to use ovulation sticks. There's a lot of other ways you can test and and learn about that. But if you're in a season where you want to know if you're ovulating and that's easy for you, sure, go ahead and use them. But I really like anytime someone has a period problem and we're trying to figure out what's going on with their period, I want them to know how to evaluate ovulation and know Mm. when they're ovulating. Mm. Because everything with when your cycle's starting, if it's early, if it's late, can all kind of be determined based off of how soon after ovulation your period starts. That makes so much sense. And I mean, you you touched on that birth control piece right there as well. And we talked a little bit before we hit record. And that has been one of the biggest questions that we've gotten through the podcast platform is, the the birth control because I've shared before that yeah. when I went on it I kind of became this crazy person and my husband will tell you mm-hmm. the same thing he wished I had never even touched it because that's how my body responded to it for yeah. for those out there who are just kind of trying to navigate this season of birth control no birth control you know it, is it going to impact me the way it impacts others how would you advise them to just navigate mm-hmm. all of those decisions yeah. So the first thing I want women to understand is what birth control do does. What it do. What it do, baby. Um, <laughs> Whatever you, you know, Heather, we're with you. We're with you. Yeah. So I want women to understand what birth control does. So the purpose of birth control is basically, hey, something's off with your hormones that's causing, you know, some things to be out of whack. That's why you're going to the doctor because you don't feel good or something's happening or whatever. So if you're being told like, oh, well, birth control will fix this, the way it's going to fix it is by shutting the whole system down. So it basically tells your body, hey, you don't need to make estrogen or progesterone or really any of the hormones that can be used 
to help you conceive or to help you basically be fertile. So we're just going to shut it all down by giving your body the synthetic form of that every single day. So then your body says like, oh, well, if I'm getting this every day, I'm not going to waste time and energy making those hormones anymore. So then your body doesn't make them anymore. Then when you don't have your birth control, which would be your placebo pills or your sugar pills, your body basically starts realizing like, oh my gosh, we don't have these anymore. So we need to like start things over, shed the cycle and move on. What's going on here really is that we're thinking, oh, okay, well, these synthetic hormones are doing the job of my normal hormones. My body's just not making my normal ones that come from me anymore. The problem is anytime you've got something synthetic, we now have to consider things like your DNA. So what type of things does your body specifically have to break down those synthetic hormones and will they do it correctly? Mm. We have to start thinking about your gut. So you've got all this bacteria in your gut, in your mouth, your whole body is a bunch of bacteria. And we've got to know, okay, well, is that bacteria balanced and really supported enough to break down these synthetic hormones and get things where they need to go? And then we also need to think about what do these synthetic hormones actually do? So they do hit the receptors or they basically like go to the messengers of where they should be to tell your body the normal things like, hey, you know, don't just start messing everything up, you're still getting a little bit of these female hormones like estrogen and progesterone. But you miss out on all the other benefits that estrogen and progesterone bring. So progesterone is this hormone that is really supposed to be dominant in the second half of our cycle. It's what helps prevent PMS. And so it gives us relaxation. It helps our skin be glowy. It helps suppress stress levels. So we really need progesterone, but a synthetic form of it doesn't really do all of those things. Hmm. So now we've got, you know, this situation where you kind of have all these really good things your hormones should be doing, but your body's shutting them all down and you're not getting them anymore. You're just getting kind of like a, you're getting a generic version, right? Instead of having your nice angel soft toilet paper, you've got the Dollar Tree toilet paper and your body's kind of like, huh, we'll use it, but... This isn't great. It it, it don't feel great. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's kind of the first thing. The second thing I really encourage women to understand is like, why? Like, why is whatever that's messed up? Why is it messed up? What's happening? And how does birth control fix that problem? And I think just asking a doctor that should probably give you a pretty good clue if they aren't explaining things very similar to how I just did telling you exactly what the medication's doing and exactly how it's going to fix the problem. And then the third thing you want to look at is what's our long term? What's our game plan here? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be on birth control forever now? What am I doing to support my body while I'm on the birth control? What other things can I be doing? Is there anything you should maybe the doctor should maybe ask about before starting the birth control? That happened for me when, again, we were trying to conceive and stuff. The doctors weren't even asking me, again, about my nutrition, about anything. So now I've got this body that's screaming for help, and I'm going to start giving it birth control and lose the little bit of natural support it was trying to give me. Mm. And so that could have really set me up for some pretty intense side effects of birth control, which, again, ask your doctor about those. Well, and I wonder too, so we have a lot of listeners who are getting engaged, kind of approaching that season of their life, and they're on it simply to prevent pregnancy. And so they're like, okay, if this is why I'm going to go on it, but it's the only reason, 
are there other ways mm-hmm. to where I don't even have to touch it? I don't have to worry about it, you know, and I don't know if that goes back to like the, tracking your ovulation. And, and I know there's apps yeah. and all that kind of stuff for that. I mean, is that kind of the road you would advise them to go on if it's literally just for preventing pregnancy? Yeah. So what I say in that case, I really like natural family planning, which is kind of, again, tracking your cycle, knowing your ovulation, really educating yourself on how to conceive. I think I know me personally, and it sounds like possibly you from your honeymoon experience. I don't think I really like understood the process very well. I mean, I got the gist of it, but not. I knew knew what we were here to do. I just didn't know what was going to (laughs) happen. Exactly. And so when natural family planning is used correctly, it's got the same statistical rates of success or of prevention as things like conventional birth control or condoms or diaphragms or whatever you may choose. It's just that, in my opinion, my experience, so this is purely opinionated, it seems that that is the easy way out because there's less education the providers have to do. There's less time. A lot of time, that's what women prefer to do. And so that's kind of that barrier there. It's like, well, do I teach this whole method? Do I answer all these questions? Do I make sure that they're fully set up and I believe 100% they can apply this method to prevent pregnancy? And and even what you were saying in the beginning, I started thinking about this. The, The system itself has changed tremendously. You used to be able to go to your doctor and talk about your experience and they were considering things like, All the other patients they had had before, all the other people they had seen that had similar experiences, they were calling all their friends and seeing what they were doing. And and it was really this collaborative, like deep dive into the patients. And I mean, even a generation or two before us, doctor's visits were lasting like an hour or more, Mm -hmm. right? But with kind of the introduction of pharmaceutical medicine, we had to figure out a way for things to be really safe. And that's where data and clinical trials and scientific studies came in. And they were super amazing. They're a great resource. But now we've almost gone the other way to where as a provider, you can't do anything that's not exactly what the research says. Mm. But a lot of the research has its limitations too, especially in terms of women, women's hormone, women being included in different phases of life and hormonal health. There's a lot, you know, kind of to consider from that realm as well. Well, you know, what's so interesting is that when I got engaged and all my friends when they got engaged, the only logical next step was, okay, go on birth control. But it was like, this is your only option. Like you go to the doctor Mm -hmm. and you go on birth control. But I love that you said, you know, ask questions. Do you have just like some suggested questions? Like, hey, these are some good questions to ask if you're sitting there trying to decide, do I go on this or is this best for me? I would say really in terms of thinking, you know, what do I ask my doctor if I'm thinking about going on birth control would be, okay, well, what happens when I come off of it? Is Mm. there anything I can support my body with while I'm on it? I think even asking them, what are all the options in terms of, you know, like, do I just want a pill? Do I just do I is a nuvering better? What I like to do is empower women through education from other sources. Um, Because if you're going to one person and just trusting that they did all the research, and then they're going to be able to guide you to the best decision, that's going to be hard. Mm. Um, Again, unless you have that really strong foundation of knowing their beliefs or your beliefs, their goals for your body are your goals for your body. So I actually tell people to kind of dive a little bit more into, you know, research and then also knowing how your body works. That's like a huge piece is that I don't care if it's from me or from any other expert, you know, or even from your mom, if this is something she loves to talk about, you've got to know how your body and your hormones work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you don't, then it's so easy to ask someone else a question and then kind of just 
feel stuck in what their opinion of the research is. When we first started diving into this conversation and veered off on the birth control topic in and of itself is the imbalances that can occur. So even like you said, you go off of it and you don't know there's going to be these imbalances. I didn't know there would be right. Like that my body was trying so hard to, to figure out the balance again. And it was impacting me mentally, emotionally, physically, all of those. So Mm -hmm. what are just some of the most surprising ways that hormone imbalances can impact our lives. And we might not necessarily think this is a hormone imbalance. So your body's job every day is to basically survey everything that happens to it. What do we see? What do we hear? What comes in our body? What do we do? How loud is the baby screaming in the background? Whatever it may be. Um, Your body's always trying to figure out, okay, is this a safe environment? Is it not a safe environment? Do I need to change what I'm already doing? Or should I stick with what I'm doing now? It always wants to keep you safe and using as using all of your resources as effectively as possible. So every single day, your body's trying to figure out if you're in an environment that's safe enough for it to continue making all the female hormones you have. So that tells us that things like stressors, so all the stress that we encounter day in and day out, whether it be thoughts or lights or pollution or, you know, interactions, relationships, all of that is kind of going through this filter in our brain and our brain's trying to figure out like, what do I do with this? What should we, how should we change hormones based off of this information? Same thing with, you know, food, nutrition, movement, exercise, it's all kind of impacting that. And like, just kind of along with that, I like to kind of help people understand that your body also doesn't know that you live in 2021. You have the same design and function. Your body at its core is the same design and function as people who live like in tents and had to hunt whales for food or bears or whatever. So I think that's really important to know of like, okay, there's all these mechanisms and designs and functions that my body has that are influenced by my day-to-day life. Even things like a blue light. So like phone and computers after the sun's gone down, that immediately impacts your heart because your body is thinking, whoa, like we don't have sun anymore. So we should be resting and sleeping and like heading into relaxation mode. But then we're scrolling and engaging and getting dopamine hits for hours and activating that stress, basically that stress pathway. So then our body kind of says, has that been happening over and over again? Does that mean that we're in an environment where things aren't really safe? If that's the case, we should probably not conceive and have to take care of another body inside of us. Mm. So let's kind of shut that down a little bit. So it's kind of this daily thing your body is doing and always assessing. So when we think about what symptoms point towards hormone imbalance, think about things that basically hormone, your female hormones specifically are supposed to do that they're not doing. So when we think about things like PMS, anxiety leading up to your period, fatigue and energy problems, low libido, some of that like ragey PMS stuff, Mm. that is all a sign that your female hormones are a little bit imbalanced because you should be able to successfully go from ovulation to your period starting with really like very, very mild symptoms, if any. Yeah. So we think, you know, we think cramps are normal. We think, we think all of it's normal. I mean, you know, like the emotions, the tears, the raginess, as you said, you know, like we just think, Oh, I'm PMSing. This is what it is, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that way. See, I've never, Mm -hmm. no one literally has ever told me that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. No. So what that means that that's happening is that instead of your hormones being balanced and then working together to take this, you have estrogen and progesterone, your two main hormones, instead of them working together to form this nice, really slow decline, a slow walk down a hill into your period starting, 
if they're in balance and those levels are off, then it feels more like a roller coaster. And now mm. instead of those levels being this nice little like drifty walk down a hill, it feels like you are flying down a roller coaster without wheels. I mean, the whole thing, right? Yeah. And that's just a sign that over time, your body has adjusted levels to keep you happy, to keep you alive. And because of that, it doesn't have what it needs to make that transition really easy. I see this so often. Women that typically have hormonal imbalances, we see the surge of symptoms at ovulation and when their period happens or right before either of those. And that the reason for that is those are two really big transition points. So if you've got an imbalance, then anytime your hormones are transitioning and you're going from a peak to a fall or a peak to a gradual decline, it's happening too quickly. And the hormone you need to help make that easier is showing up. So, okay, you're talking about the imbalance side. And I know you're incredibly passionate about partnering with women and finding this balance and understanding your body yeah. and how it works and how all these chemicals actually are natural and how they should work to actually benefit you more than anything else. So what mm -hmm. is it when you talk about this hormone balancing strategy? I mean, how have you seen it impact yeah. the lives of the women that you work with? Oh my goodness. I love this question. So, okay. I've had clients before who have been having consultations for getting hysterectomies because their periods are so bad. They knock them out. They can't go to work. Like they have no energy, they have migraines and I focus a lot on diet, movement and stress management and supplements are like the tiniest piece of that. And so for me, I'm like, man, we took these things you were doing every single day, made some small shifts and adjustments. And I see women get their libido restored. I see moms that can't stay awake yes. <laughs> literally at two o'clock are like, I'm done. Like I need my, my diet Coke. Where is it? Napping. And you're going to tell yeah. me not to drink it. Don't try that, Heather. Listen, I'll drink oh my, my diet Coke. <laughs> Um, this is so funny, but yeah, so I watch moms, you know, that struggle with, I don't even have, I don't even feel like flirting with my husband anymore. I don't have any libido. I can't even stay awake until, you know, my kids go to bed and then I've got this second wind and I can't fall asleep at mm, night. So we're fixing yeah. insomnia, we're fixing libido, we're fixing fatigue. And then even along the lines of like the basics of PMS, I get texts all the time of like, my period snuck up on me. I didn't have a migraine the day before my period. My period came and my cramps were barely noticeable. So just like the basics of like, man, every single month you get three to four days of your life back because you're not wanting to bite the head off of every single person around you but you also are just kind of letting your body do what it's supposed to do. And it's showing you in return how easy and how really good that balance can feel. And what's so interesting to me, Heather, is mm -hmm. all of that can happen mm -hmm. with just intentional focus on what yeah. you're doing, what you're eating, how you're living your day-to-day -day life, and that you will partner with women in creating a plan that, I mean, this is exactly what we talked about. One plan does not work with everyone. And so getting right. to know their lifestyle and learning, you know, are they young moms? Are they working full-time jobs? Are they, you know, like knowing all the ins and outs of their lives will help you create a plan. That's like, here's how we can get your body back to normal because it's taken a beating yeah. over, over the years. And if you don't have the information, there's no way to know where to start. Right. So I just love that yeah. you talk about creating plans based on who your client is and what their lifestyle is. Yes. Yes. I think that's really important just to, again, identify those simple shifts and another like piece of that that I see happen all the time is we typically want plans that help us fix one specific symptom. So like the first thing that comes to mind is that everybody wants a diet and a weight loss plan. And sure. they think that if that happens, then their hormones will be balanced. 
So people that are creating diet and weight loss plans know that. So they're like, oh, hormones are the secret to losing weight. Well, kind of, but (laughs) you can't just go after losing weight. Like what that means is yes, hormones are the secret to losing weight. So you have to have hormone balance to be able to lose weight. And Mm. so it's not that you lose weight and then your hormones get balanced. We kind of do it backwards there a little bit. So I kind of tell women like, yeah, let's go through a healing phase. Let's give your body support instead of taking things away. Because Mm. a lot of the just plans out there are about taking things away. We're taking away food groups. We're taking away calories. Like we're just taking a lot of stuff away. Gosh, isn't that the truth? That's so true. All of it is centered on what you need to stop doing or stop eating, stop, you know, drinking, looking at whatever. And I love Mm -hmm. that you're saying, let's, let's wait, let's start here and let's fix all of that first. Like, let's not take anything else away. Let's actually add some things in. Yeah. And once you have that support and let's say, for example, we are talking about diet Coke and Someone's like, no, I have to have it. And I'm like, okay, well, let's give you three weeks of just like all of these other ways that we can support your body and see how you feel. And then you kind of start to realize like, huh, maybe I don't need that diet coat. Sure. So now instead of spending years feeling shame and resistance and guilt and like, I have no self-discipline, I'm addicted, I can't do it, I've tried before. It's this totally different approach of you start thinking, maybe I don't need it. And if I feel this good, while still having something that may not be supporting my body, I could probably feel even better, you know, without it. And that's just an example, but it's the same approach, especially for women that like are told, okay, well, like you have, you know, terrible periods. So you should lose weight and go on birth control. And it's like, well, what if we supported your body a lot, got your hormones balanced a little bit, and then tried to like, let your body get rid of the weight on its own, because that's very much a symptom of imbalance. Anyways, we could just see how your body responds, and then what weight is left. And then like, you can do something really simple, like take an extra walk once a week, and you see your weight move. If your weight's not moving, when you're intentionally putting in effort, then that tells you right there, your body wants support instead of restriction. So if you give it the support, then when you pull something away later, it responds incredibly. This is a big part of it for me because I had a very similar story to yours that you shared about, you know, over training and under eating. And I did it all through college, even into right before Ryan and I got married. And I mean, there was a time when I was eating as lunch, like carrots and mustard and people will laugh Mm -hmm. because I have friends who watched me do it. And they're like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, listen, mustard has zero calories. Carrot is a vegetable. This is what I'm doing. It was insane. But I, I also didn't have a period for years because of that. And I didn't know it was because of that though. Right. I had no idea what was going on. And then I'm about to get married and I go on birth control. And so my hormones were already in the survival mode. And then you put these synthetic hormones Mm. in and it just wreaked havoc on me personally on my, you know, my mental, emotional, like I said, all of it. But then, you know, you get married, you get a job, you start a family, you do all of the things. And you're trying to find this balance. And you're not overtraining anymore. You're actually able to eat kind of normal. And it's exactly what you're saying, Heather It's like your body is trying to recover. And if you're not supporting the recovery yeah. from the years of doing it wrong, then it's going to continue on. And I, I know so many women who struggle with that very thing of, hey, I'm, I'm exercising, I'm paying attention to what I eat, but nothing's changing. I'm not hitting any of the goals Mm -hmm. that I want to hit. And that's exactly what you're saying. And that is a red flag that something's off hormonally with your body right now. And we got to figure out how to support and recover that. I just think you don't look at it that way often enough. Yes. Yes. And I think that we're, I mean, again, like back to kind of like the system as a whole, there's definitely 
you know, when you apply science to a lot of stuff, like I was talking about the clinical trials and all of that, there's very clearly a correlation between weight and health outcomes. So like, it makes sense that doctors are like, well, if you lose weight, all of these things change. And mm. it's like, yeah, but we're still putting, I, I mean, I want to say, I, let's say the cart before the horse. I was going to say the chicken before the egg, but you know, I don't but think that who knows, Heather, settled. who can be sure right? about that one, right? <laughs> so, but so doctors are like, oh, well, if you lose weight, all these things happen. But when you're just taking, again, a correlative study or data that shows you this happens when this happens, and then saying, oh, well, that means you have to do that first, that's not considering the way your body's designed. It's like we've forgotten how bodies work and say like, okay, well, how do I lose weight? And a lot of that means, well, it's not just as simple as calories in versus calories out. Mm. And I, my favorite analogy for that is that, is that a fact? Yeah, for sure. Calories in versus calories out means you got an energy deficit, whatever. But if I put, you know, five gallons worth of gas in my car, does that mean that my car is going to drive 400 miles? Well, sure. But what if all four of my tires are flat? Well, Mm. and my car's not going anywhere. And so that's kind of the whole thing is that most of the women I see that are struggling to lose weight and doing everything they can and the dogs are like, they just must be overeating or whatever. And you know, we just can't seem to get their diet right. When I look at blood work on them, this is when I was in the clinic, their blood work looks very similar to very malnourished people. Mm. And so they have these hormones, these survival mechanisms in their body that have been turned on to keep them alive. And all we're seeing is weight as a, you know, as weight as the problem. But really all that's happened is the weight is a symptom of a body that's like, I'm so malnourished. I can't let go of anything Um, that you put in me right now. That's so good because it's just like it's all the things that you see happening personally (laughs) with your body that you're just not you don't know how to put a name to it or a thought to what's going on. And so you talk about naturally getting your body on track, which is I think where you were heading even with that. What what does that look like to naturally get your body on track when your body is saying I'm in survival mode right now? Like I'm just trying, you know, you're not giving me enough. So I've got to hang on to what I have. What do you do to, to partner with your body? Like you said early on, essentially, we have to now give your body this thing that it's safe so that it can remove that disruption and go back into balance. Your body always, always, always wants to be in balance. It doesn't ever want to be in survival mode. It only goes there if it has to. And so the first thing you want to do is start giving it those safety signals of like, Hey, you're safe. We're in a safe environment. There's plenty of resources around. There's not, you know, crazy stress everywhere we turn. It's kind of those things that again, we don't know we're telling our body But when we do them, our body gets this signal that says, oh, like this is what's happening. And so for, you know, the case that you went through, that's super similar to what I went through. I had to stop, you know, my insanity around dieting and working out. Mm. I had to pull back. I had to work out less. I had to change my diet in a way that I wasn't eating a bunch of chemicals that had zero calories, but started eating things that actually gave my body to make hormones. And, And then also, you know, we look at how do we turn back on metabolism? So if your body's in survival mode, metabolism's turned off. Mm. So now we've got to kind of tell your metabolism like, hey, no, no, no. There's plenty of food in this area. You don't need to go into feast or famine mode. We're not living in a in a famine. What we're actually doing is just like accidentally starving you. So we're going to stop that. Mm. We're going to give you food. You're going to know that we've now entered an area where we have plenty of resources. We get plenty of rest. They're, we're very intentional about stress management. So a lot of times when I talk about stress, 
Um, because your stress, basically like your stress hormone pathway is what turns, sends you into survival mode. And so when we think of stress, we think of like to-do list and, you know, just all the things that are just constantly rolling around in our mind. And thoughts are definitely one source of stress, but there's a lot of other things that stress out our body. So under eating stresses out our body. Those blue lights I was talking to you about earlier stress out our body. Having those unmet mental and emotional needs stress out our body. Exercising all the time stresses out our body. So we just come in and look at, okay, what are you already doing? How can we take these habits, these things that you do day in and day out and just put some simple shifts in there? So that, yeah, you can still work out every day. We're just going to do a different type of workout. We're going to do a workout that focuses on turning down your stress signal instead of turning it up. You can still eat the things you love every day. And you're not <laughs> writing down your meal plans, counting every calorie no. and tracking it and doing all the numbers games. You're not, never. None of this is hard stuff. And I think anytime we're trying to make a shift, like we know something's wrong and it's time to make the shift, we're kind of nervous to do it because it feels too big. Yeah. And it's like, I have so many other things going on. I can't track yeah. all this as well. But all of this is so simple. But, mm -hmm. you know, I know there's going to be so many people who are listening right now. They're driving their kids to school or they're folding laundry or they're on a walk right now. And they're thinking, this is me. My body is off. It has felt like something's off for a while now. I know I want to do something different. What are just some questions that we should be asking ourselves as we step into this? What are some starting pieces? Yeah, there are some of these boundaries or limitations or different signals you could give your body that show its support is it's self-care, but it's what I call actual self-care. So self-care, you know, that we think of is like, oh, go get your nails done and stuff. A lot of the basic things I teach women are things that they're already doing. They're just doing for their children instead uh -huh. of themselves. So like, sure. you don't let your kids play sports for five hours without eating. You don't let your kids spend six hours on their screens. You don't let your kids stay up past bedtime. We don't let our kids miss meals. We do. We know what our bodies need mm -hmm. to function really well. And we do it so well for other people. We just kind of forget for ourselves. Just like mentally assess through it and think about, okay, if my seven-year-old was doing this or my five-year-old, whatever, and this was their schedule, what would I change? What would I think they need more of? What would I think they needed less of? What would I, you know, what are those first immediately immediate things that come to mind? And just sit with that because that's the other piece of kind of how I feel women are disturbed in the healthcare industry is that we aren't taught that our intuition actually tells us so much more than we think. We think, oh, I don't know enough about medicine and how all of this stuff works to have an opinion. So I'm just going to do whatever someone else tells me. Uh -huh. Well, you are living in the very thing that you are an expert on. Mm. And that just gets shut down because of quote unquote science, but your intuition as a woman, especially is so strong. It's that same thing that we have for our kids, right? Mom's intuition. When we know like the doctor could say like, Oh, it's definitely just an ear infection. But if something inside of you is like, Nope, it's more, I sure. know it. I know yeah. it's more Then you follow that. It's the same thing for you and your own body too. And then the next thing I love to have women do is track their cycle with their symptoms. And I have a little PDF of how to do that, that anytime someone jumps on my email list, they get linked to that. So that way, you know, it's really clear, like, Hey, just do this three minute check-in every morning of what went on yesterday and then just put your cycle day down. And in three months, let's look at that. And eight times out of 10, we're going to see that you think you get sporadic migraines, but you actually get a migraine every single month on day 18 of mm. your cycle. So you're taking all these migraine meds and coming up with a whole plan for that when that's 
actually you now know is related to your hormones and maybe there just needs to be a simple shift there instead. And it's all small things. I mean, I I can't get over that. I feel like I'm a broken record right now (laughs) because I was ready for it to be a little more complicated. Like, okay, you need to write down, you know, what you've been eating. You need to write down the kind of physical activity you're getting. You need to write down, you know, like all of these things. And you're saying, no, three minutes in the morning, think about the day before. Think about what anything that was kind of out of the norm and just take note of it. That's it. It's so simple. And that's what I really like to be for women is this like interim step of like, Hey, let's do these 10 to 15 basic things first, these simple things. Mm. And then let's see what is still hanging out. Is something still lingering? Is there a symptom that's still going on? If that's the case, sure. Let's dive in and do some tests. There's so much that we just talked about today that we can institute now that we can easily Mm. start doing. But there are going to be some who want to do more, who want to dive in deeper to this and really take control of what it would look like to be better. So how can they find you, Heather? Yeah. So my most active platform is going to be Instagram. So I'm just at Dr. Heather Rhodes over there and it's doctor with a DR. I have my website, www.drheatherrhodes.com. I would say to definitely jump on my email list to get some of those freebies sent over to you. And then also on my website, there's a spot for your next best steps. It's going to walk you through basically three ways to bring some intentionality to hormone support. And I am super active personally on Instagram, email. So if someone's reaching out and it's like, hey, I want to know, you know, what programs you have available? Do you have any group programs running right now? I just shoot me, just reach out. That's <laughs> perfect. Shoot me. Shoot and me an email. Don't shoot me, please. I'm trying to do some good work over here. Please let right? me continue. <laughs> now we will link to all of that in our show notes. So it'll just take a couple clicks yeah. to be able to find you because I love offering people next steps when they hear something that's like, no, I yes. want to do something about it. But Heather, we yeah. end every episode with one question and it, you either love it or hate it. I'm be honest with you. Some love this question and some struggle, but we love to hear what you are so happy someone did tell you about. Ooh. I know, and it can be anything, okay. anything that's just striking your fancy right now. Okay. Are you ready? For, well, okay. So I had always heard about the office. Oh <laughs> the no, show. Heather. <laughs> Finally, I think a year ago, I was like, I just had someone that was like, you have to, you just have to buckle down. You have to just watch it. And I think I am on year. I don't know. It had to have been longer than a year ago because I think I'm on like my sixth time through watching it. It's like a comfort blanket. It's just like your favorite. You know what I'm saying? Have it on in the background. At least when it was on Netflix, this is what we did. And I'm refusing to pay for another streaming platform right now. But when it was on (laughs) Netflix, we it was just like we came on and some people would turn on the news. Some people will turn on, you know, like sports. Mm -hmm. We turned on The Office and it was just in the background because it was just it was soothing. (laughs) Yeah. And I would tell my husband, we'd be like, okay, we should go to bed. And I'd be like, well... I just need to watch like 15 minutes of an <laughs> episode of Just give me a few minutes to calm down <laughs> like, and the office is going to be how I do yeah. it. Yes. I'm like, I need to hang out with my friends before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heather, thank you so much for jumping on here with us today. Thank you for the work that you're doing and the passion that you do it with. I mean, it's contagious and I think it just makes uh, women especially feel seen and like they can do something. And so I'm just so appreciative of the work that you're doing right now. It's so good. I love that. I appreciate you and what you're doing as well. Thank you so much. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C.E. 
And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.